0: At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability.
1: Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card
2: And protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone.
0: Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Nate Palmer to the show today. Nate is a fitness and nutrition expert, coach, speaker and writer who believes that being in incredible shape gives a massive advantage in business, focus, and relationships. He's a dad, husband, and the number one best-selling author of The Million Dollar Body Method and Passport Fitness. Nate helps business owners and entrepreneurs improve their physique, finances, and family time using fitness and nutrition as force multipliers. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Nate to the show. Welcome to the show, Nate. Jason,
1: thank you so much. I'm super pumped to be here
0: i appreciate having you on the show and before we started our episode today we just had the benefit of of, i just told you about my personal journey that i've gained so much respect for anyone who does fitness and nutrition and helps coach others because i struggled for a while i mean many years of my life Uh, i was about 50 pounds overweight and then i had stage one kidney cancer had a surgery for that had another surgery for diverticulitis a month later and then i just made the decision to commit to be healthier for myself and I, i actually benefited through my doctor teaching me intermittent fasting. And that was a skill that I learned over time. And I wanted to ask you, what led you on your journey to help instruct others on fitness and nutrition?
1: Yeah. So for me, it was, it was kind of like running away from like fear almost, but like, it was kind of like my initial like start of my journey. Um, I was 11, I was 11 years old and someone broke in my house and I was hiding in the bed, the steak knife in my room and I just remember feeling like super powerless. And just like my mom was out, dropping my, my sister's off at school and this guy's banging on my bedroom door. And I'm like, I think I'm probably gonna die right now. And he, he walks away, steals my DVD player, you know, as you do in the nineties. <laughs> and uh, I just remember being like, I don't ever want to feel like that again. So scared, so powerless. Like I couldn't do anything at all. And so I was like, you know what? The, the curious for this 11 year old brain working hard here is I go, you know what? I need to buy a bunch of knives and I need to get super big. And I was like, if I put on enough muscle armor, no one's going to want to mess with me. And so that's kind of where my journey started just kind of like trying to get away from the feelings of powerlessness and move into a place where of intimidation and, and making other people afraid of me. You know, um, I don't know if you can tell, I don't look a lot like. Arnold Schwarzenegger, kind of like the <laughs> '90s action heroes, right now. So, like that plan didn't totally pan out for me, but along the way, I learned a lot of cool stuff. Um, you know, like fitness and nutrition, obviously. But I also learned that, like the only the only way to lose in a, this journey is if you quit. The only loss is if is if you quit, and otherwise, victory is assured. And it might be slow, might take you longer than someone else. You know, it might take you twice as long, five times as long, but I, but if you don't stop, you're going to succeed. And I think that mentality has made a huge difference in the rest of my life, whether it's building a business or in relationships or whatever else. I just know that like, if I keep at it, if I'm consistent, if I have a long-term mentality, you can't beat me. And I think that's like one of my favorite things about, about fitness that I love instilling in other people. And I think that like, we live in this, we live in an uh, age where we want to hit the easy button. Right. We want it simple. We want it fast. We want it easy. And like, if you can't deliver on that, like if I, if I can't reverse 10 years of poor nutrition and no and no fitness in 30 days, then like my expectations are unmet. And I'm kind of sad about that. So I I love to help people set proper expectations around this, help them learn the ins and outs of training nutrition, tactical stuff, right? But also having the right mindset to make sure that they are. They are clear on where they're going. They know what their steps are and they know what to expect. So like if I can get people to understand that if that there's no losing, there are wins and there are lessons, then I feel like I've done a, a great job.
0: You got me smiling because I believe heavily in small wins. I think incremental change is where we really change the most. And that when it comes to health and fitness, any success or any measured maintenance of a positive is a is a positive nonetheless right maintenance of a positive
1: is huge people don't think about it but that's like that's one of the biggest wins ever
0: well think about it during this pandemic most people i've spoken to have gained weight out of out of stress and frustration and one of the things i did as my habit was i went walking a lot and i bought a spin bike for my house so those are the two things i've done to keep the weight off and I, I talked to friends and family members who struggle with their fitness. And I, I, I guess I'll ask you this on their behalf. What would you say to anyone in the audience who's struggling They gained 30 pounds during the last year and a half and they just don't know what to do? What would you say to them right
1: now? Exactly what you just said. Stack those small wins. You know, you don't, you're not going to drop 30 pounds this week. So if you can release that thought and be like, okay, I'm going to get down a couple pounds. I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe I'm not even going to work on my pounds. Maybe I'm going to work on these great habits. Got a spin bike, I'm going to hit 20 minutes per day. Actionable items, things that you can you can put on a list and then cross off with vigor. But if you can cross something off, it gives you the same dopamine response that you get from like looking at Instagram notifications, right? So you get a win in your brain and your brain chemicals. You also get momentum. And I think momentum is a key aspect of fitness, of business, of a lot of things that people don't think about. Because like you go to a train yard, I know you're probably spending a lot of time in the train yards. I, I see that. But you show up there and like, you got a locomotive and they use this little tiny like block. They just like put it in place and it holds the locomotive in place. This like little like piece of wood. And it can't move because it doesn't have any, it doesn't have any momentum. If you put that same locomotive going 60 miles per hour, you put a brick wall in front of it. It's going right through, you know? And I think that's what I love what you said about like stacking small wins, creating those small little habits. Because whether it's. I don't know if you got the chance to check out the book at all, but one of my seven daily investments is drink 32 ounces of water in the morning and do 60 seconds of a, of vigorous exercise. 60 seconds, 32 ounces. Takes you 90 seconds to do both. And you feel incredible. And you've gotten a win for the day. You've already started your day with a win within 30 minutes. And you've started creating the identity of having a health mindset. You're like, I'm a healthy person. I woke up and had water. I did my exercise. Like Without anything else happening in the day, you've started your day feeling victorious, feeling great about yourself. And not to mention like the water, the hydration, the movement, those are all great things anyways, but from a mental and emotional standpoint, you're winning and that's important.
0: You're empowering yourself. You're giving yourself a certain key set of goals. First thing in the morning, you do them and then you feel empowered because you've gotten that accomplished before you even took a step out the door or you start your day. I could see okay. where that would be a, a visible win for yourself.
1: I was going to say, people always wonder like, how to build self-confidence, how to build self-esteem. And it's through esteemable actions. Saying, I want to do this, check in the box.
0: When you start noticing the weight loss or when you start noticing improvements in flexibility, your fitness, you just your clothes fit better, that's a, a big reinforcer. Nothing else can reinforce it like that, right? Totally. And I tell anyone who's in the audience has never had effective weight loss. Trust me, I had lack of discipline more than anyone else. And so for someone like me that gained some discipline in my life, at least on that level, to, to stay and you know, lose some weight and, and stay in a better frame of mind, I think anyone can accomplish these kind of goals. There's no limitation. And in my family, my mom had a gastric bypass. My brother had a procedure done because, you know, I was told by my doctor that I was uh Metabolic syndrome, that I had metabolic syndrome. So I had to overturn that and, and try to change that through, you know, that's why I did the intermittent fasting after I had my surgeries, but we all have those kind of things in our family. We have family makeup. And so I want to ask you, what did you, what would you say to someone who's struggling with, against their own composition, their own physical hindrances, but they still want to up their game?
1: My, my dad, when I was growing up, said something really interesting to me. And I don't think, I think he kind of said it offhand, but I, but it stuck with me. That's I, it's really something I think about a lot. He said, Nate, if, if one man can do it, so can you. And like, I, I think we were talking about college or something else like that, but I, but I just take this to mean that, like, Jason, I saw, I saw your transformation. Like, I know I can do that too. I've seen this person gain muscle. I, I can do that too. I saw this person build a business. I can do that too. There are a lot of people who are less disciplined, less smart, less motivated than us doing the things that we want to do. So just to just to like, before you do anything else, unlock that part of your brain that says, I always, I never, I can't, I should. You know, like take those things away and start understanding that like, that everything is possible. Anything you want to do is possible if you have the right ta- tactics. Then this book, tons of tactics, great tactics that you can take right away. Because I feel like a lot of coaches write books that are like, and by the way, if you want all the information, you got to buy my course. I didn't do that because I wanted if I walk away from fitness, I want to have something that stands alone in 10 years. So tactics, I got them. They're go- like galore. But you, before you can make tactics work, you have to start realizing, understanding that it's possible, that you're capable, that you have unlimited potential. And once you get to that point where you go, hey, listen, I know that if I don't stop, even if I don't see progress this first month, even if my clothes don't fit any better, I don't see that like that reward that I'm looking for. My relationship with gravity doesn't change. I still am going to win. And when you start, when you start thinking like that, game over, it's already over. You already win. And that's powerful.
0: Looking at everything we're discussing right now, I don't eat breakfast. I, I, for my intermittent fasting that I do, I skip breakfast and people kind of look at me sometimes across the eyes going, why would you do that? It's the most important breakfast is the most important meal today. I want to ask you, what, what do you think about breakfast in terms of for someone like myself who skips it just because I try to put my body into a, a state of you know, burning fat as much as possible during the day?
1: Yeah, so great question here. And I actually like have changed my opinion on this over time. At first, I was like, breakfast most important meal of the day. Then I did intermittent fasting for about 18 months myself in the same style you're talking about, the 16, 8, fasting till noon and eating till eight or nine. And I had great success with that. It was very easy for me just to like maintain the body weight that I liked. Difficult to gain muscle doing that, but but that wasn't really the goal. Um, and then now I'm back to being a being pro breakfast. And here's why is because when I had people doing the 16 hour fast, we were, we were discovering that their lunchtime meal ended up being larger than it needed to be. And like, most of us don't do our best work after eating a big meal. If You want to get more done, eat less. It's a great rule. So what I was finding is that like myself, my clients, people who are busy, they got their dads, they're high performers, they're entrepreneurs, they're business owners. They got a list. They got a big to-do list of things that they need to get done boxes they need to check. And the afternoon between like noon and four was the time that they were doing. I do it. have a list. I lied to you. Lied to you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Everybody's got lists. So checking those boxes is important, like getting stuff done and then make sure you can like get home and like still have family time, and have relationships, et cetera. I was finding like, just like after you go to Thanksgiving dinner, you're like, and you're like, Hey, Jason, you want to like give a quick speech to everybody? You want to play a pickup basketball? I'm like, No. I want to sit on the couch. I want to watch the Detroit Lions lose at football, as per my national heritage. You know, like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do a lot, think a lot, be on. Right? I'm trying to be off and relaxed. So that's what I was discovering with like the, the bigger lunches. Is just it puts you in a state of relaxation. So instead of that, what I've been having people do now is have a specific breakfast based around proteins and fats to give you basically like a time release energy all day. Really powerful for getting over metabolic syndrome like you were talking about earlier. Then for lunch, we just have this little like, like protein snack, proteins and vegetables for lunch. These are two of the daily investments that I talk about in the body method, by the way, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then it gives you the ability to you're having like low carbs, eating light all day then you have a bigger dinner. It's great. And you're like, you feel good. You move into that parasympathetic nervous system dominance where that rest and digest is really coming into play. You go to bed being a little bit more tired. You wake up with more energy. So I found um, a lot of success in this way because of the focus on energy and mental acuity. So not to say that like, I don't have anything against the sixteen eight, I but most of my clients need focus more than they need weight loss or kind of like that's their primary goals. That's how I, that's how I frame things.
0: The body itself is a machine. So you have to get the right fuel combinations for your body to be most efficient and to perform at its peak. I believe what you're saying is, is what you've learned over time that for you reflects optimal peak performance. And I wanted to ask you about the future of nutrition. Do you think we'll even be able to up our game with nutrition in the future through advancements in technology or just advancements in processes? What do you think of that?
1: So that's a great question. Um, before I jump into that, I do want to say one more thing about fasting. Cause I do love fasting. I just do it in a little bit of a different way. I'm a big proponent of 24 hour fast, like the prolonged fast 24 to 48 hour fast, like done weekly, because there's a, there's a study that just came out recently that showed that a t- one 24 hour fast is equal to three and a half, 16 hour fasts in terms of like global fat burn and the process wow. of autophagy, which is like the cleaning out of broken down and like, and cells that need repairing and replacing. So I'm a big fan of fasting. I just do it in this way because I think I I prefer it this way. It seems like the energy, the energy requirements are met, but like, but if you're not already fasting, you need to get on some, some type of schedule because it's, it's game-changing. It's, it's
0: like a reset when you think about it in terms of dad. the body. It resets the body. It helps. I mean, I used to, in the past, before I got into my normal routine of what I do now for my intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. I used to do the, like, prolonged 24, 48-hour fast. I might, I want to, after this episode, I'm going to start doing one a week. Cool, uh, yeah. To 24, because you're right. If it's that efficient, if one 24-hour fast is equivalent to three 16-hour fast, then why the heck wouldn't you do that? It, it, it's it, like, I, no, I don't want to up my game. I'd rather just stay where I'm at, you know. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, definitely yeah. look into that. I'll let you know how that goes. That's cool. just, yeah.
1: And I think it just like, like you said, it's a, it's a reset. It gives your body a time to reset. It gives your stomach the ability to shrink down to its normal size. It gives your brain a chance to detox from the hormone leptin, which is crazy. It's connected to the sugar, like, like sugar in your stomach. That's like the bacteria that feed on sugar actually have access to your brain through this hormone. So if you're like feeding yourself a lot of sugar, you're getting these hunger signals that are not necessarily real. So having that 24 hour period to like basically detox from food gives you the ability to reset. Kind of press that like that restore factory settings button, which is really awesome.
0: You mentioned focus earlier, and I'll tell you this, when I do the fast, like we're talking about like a 24 hour fast, I notice my intuition stronger, my acuity is mm. stronger everything in the body is more efficient I, I don't know if that's because you're de- you're basically freeing up energy in the body to perform the functions it needs when you don't over you know inundate it with a lot of fat coming in the body where it has to break down and metabolize i feel like you give the body a break
1: totally because when you when you're digesting food you're pulling blood from your extremities you're pulling blood from your brain you can never be as focused on a full stomach as you can be on an empty stomach i mean if you think about it like evolutionarily like go back a couple thousand years people weren't like hunting when they are full, right? They're hunting because they're hungry and they need some food. So, like our bodies are designed when we like, because it's a spectrum, right? We have the parasympathetic nervous system dominance thats rest and digest. This is full Thanksgiving coma, and over here is like I'm running from a cheetah for my life. But in the middle, you know, we kind of have this spectrum. So we want to like, like during our day when we got to like get a lot done, we want to be closer to this side of the spectrum, be more focused, you know, like have that more more acuity. And I'm not like I would I wouldn't say I'm a very like intuitive person. But in terms of like my focus, my creativity, it goes through the roof on fasting days. And especially if I couple that with a little bit of black coffee. But I feel so good. I'm very focused. Getting a single task done, I just it's I'm just knocking it out. It's a lot easier. And my clients love it too for that reason. Plus, it's like it's simple, it's binary. Eat or don't eat. You know, it's not like, <laughs> yeah. how do you should I have this? And do I need exactly. to measure it? And I'm going out. Is it ranch dressing? Okay. You know, like, no, yes it or
0: simplifies, no? Simplifies. Right. <laughs> What do you, what do you think is a secret weapon for fat loss? I mean, every is different, but in terms of just a general kind of what your understanding would be from your knowledge and experience.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think honestly, the, like, uh, the extended, the prolonged fast is kind of the secret weapon. And the reason I think so is because you're giving your body a break, right? You're giving yourself the chance to normalize when you're not eating foods, your body's going to be burning more fat because you've already exhausted all of your um, glycogen stores. So you've gone through, you have burned those out. You don't necessarily like have a lot to like use there. So your body's gonna go for the next, the next most efficient fat, like a fuel source, which is fats. And so it's gonna be pulling from stored fat. So if you're, I used to work at Albertsons. I was a bag boy. You know, it's a really glamorous job, but we always had the like the last in, first out method, which means you stock from the back, right? So like, so you got milk. You know, like you don't just put milk in front of it and push it back and then push another one back which is what we do with our body and carbohydrates. So you eat a banana and you go work out, you're pulling the milk out of the front, right? And you're putting it back in the front with the banana. But the last and first out method is means that like, you need to be now pulling from the back, that oldest milk that's about to expire. That's where we're pulling from. And so fasting gives your body the ability to pull from the back and actually utilize the stuff that's just been sitting there waiting for energy mobilization to hit. So fasting, I think is incredible weapon. It's mentally beneficial. It's physically beneficial. Like, you know, I just think that if you're not doing it, you're, you're leaving gains or losses, I guess, on the table.
0: I can understand that. You know, when as we're talking about intermittent fasting, since I've done it for about three years now, it's, it's a lot of it's mental more than it's physical. Now, you do have to overcome headaches. I remember I was irritable when I first started doing it, but it's more mental. And I compare that to when I used to train for marathon many moons ago, where you prepare yourself. Mm-hmm up here before you prepare yourself out there or on, you know, I think the same things with intermittent fasting. I think once you train yourself that those headaches are just turbulence on an airplane, get past them, get past them, power, past them, drink water. I think you you can become a, a connoisseur of intermittent fasting and actually not see it as something that you're suffering through, but rather you're celebrating.
1: Totally agree. I like, I like what you said about drinking water. Cause a lot of times it's, it's, i see, I had see headaches in two ways. Number one, it's you haven't detached your body from sugar enough. And number two, you're dehydrated. And so when someone's like, ah, my head really hurts. I'm like, what did you eat last night for dinner or after dinner? And (laughs) then also, how much water have you had today? And they're like, oh, I've had like two gallons. I'm like, okay, it's probably the sugar then. For the most part, like if you're feeling a headache coming on, pound is a glass of water is the easy way to go. And I'd like, yeah, I like what you said about coming like a connoisseur of it where it's like, Hey, this is my expectation. Here's what I'm gonna do. The like the metrics of my success are getting to this time period before I do it. And then again, momentum, getting wins, stacking wins.
0: You know, I'll say this. Even with nutrition, you could be good at nutrition. And if you get that balance right for your body, yes, fitness is an important component. But a lot of times I'll talk to athletes and they'll say, you know, a lot of my being healthy is from what I put in my body and my discipline. Yes, I work out. Yes, I'm I keep fit, but. And I never thought of that until I started actually doing it myself more and making choices. Even when I used to go out to eat before COVID got bad, I would give people my uh, extra food, my extra slice of pizza. I used to have the mindset of eating everything on the plate. And I noticed by just switching that out and that my, you know, my calories aren't meant to be banked within myself. I can give them to others, enrich others. Even that concept, it's helped me. I don't know if you, if you've had any concepts like that in your own mind that you utilize as a methodology to inspire others, or to kind of give people some extra guidance in terms of their own understanding of these things, because everyone internalizes things differently.
1: Yeah, so I try to have like a video post, a text-based post, something that's inter- interactive when I'm when I'm talking about this sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I love what you said about nutrition being the primary driver, and I think that I, for a long time, had it wrong. I had a back- I love to train. For me, training's been number one. You can't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger if you don't train. So that has been my philosophy. So I wrote this first book um, called Passport Fitness, which is all about how I trained while my wife and I were traveling for a year. So a lot about training, about the about the like the aspects of it, how to hook the stuff up, what kind of workouts should you do. But what I was finding, Jason, is that people weren't getting the results that I was looking for from training alone. And I think the reason for this was a couple, like there's a couple pieces. Number one, that people didn't love training, right? They love hanging out with their friends, they liked playing tennis. But like going and like getting a pump or chasing a PR in the gym wasn't as fun for them as it was for me. I didn't get that. Secondly, people can't see great results in their, from their training if their nutrition's all over the place. You know, or you're like, maybe you're eating great Monday through Friday. Then on the weekends, you go out and it's a total train wreck. You have 15 white claws and you know, like an extra large pizza. Yeah, we've all been there. But so that's why the Million Dollar Body Method has been such a focus on the nutritional frameworks. Because I think that like, Business owners and successful people think in terms of frameworks rather than like exact steps or meal plans. So the goal here is to give you the here's the framework for how you should be eating. Now fit in your favorite foods. So if I say Jason for dinner, what you need to be having is a protein, a car, a carb, and a vegetable. And you go, okay, I'm gonna have uh, clams, I'm gonna have Fruit Loops, and I'm gonna have asparagus. <laughs> I'm gonna go, Jason, that's absolutely disgusting. Why? But okay, live your life, man. If it you it like fits, that? You yeah. like clams and your and your true loops? Awesome.
0: I love that. That's, that's pretty funny, actually, though. It's, it's what fits, right? For each person.
1: Yeah, because it's like what, what I like might not be what you like. You might like you might like <laughs> clams and, and true loops. I don't know. But I also want to I also don't want to tell you, hey, this food is dirty. This is an off-limits. I hate clean versus dirty foods. I just don't like that because there's nuance to everything, right? And so if I can help you understand, I always like to think of it as inputs versus outputs. Like if your output that you desire is fat loss, your inputs need to look like this. If your output, your desire is energy, your inputs need to look like this. And so you just getting a better handle on the framework behind the inputs versus outputs. It, it reduces this from like this emotional journey that people have been struggling with for, for decades to being just kind of like a, like a matter of uh, understanding which boxes to check and then checking them.
0: I love that. I know that for me, sugar has been something I've been addicted to my entire life growing up as I grew up in the 70s, 80s and 90s when sugar wasn't seen as the enemy of health and fitness. And, you know, you'd watch your Sunday morning cartoons and there'd be sugar packed into every commercial you watch. And so oh, part of a healthy
1: whole breakfast. Or whatever exactly Right. And
0: now, obviously, when people in my generation are looking back and saying, well, yeah, we did some damage to the body. Now it's time to stay detoxing it and, and doing what's necessary. And I want to ask you, how do you know if you need
1: a detox from sugar? What do you find for people you yeah. work? So if you're if you're feeling like uh, maybe I need to detox some sugar, you're probably right. You probably do but there's a couple of key signs that I always hear from people that tell me instantly like, Hey, we need to get you off sugar. And then one of the easiest ways to detox from this, you don't need like colon cleanse. You don't need to be, you know, doing like a coffee enemas or anything crazy. I think people don't, don't realize that water walking and fasting are like the three most effective things in the world. And they're all $3. <laughs> so so uh, a fast is one of the easiest, best ways to do a sugar detox. I have a, I have a way of kind of I walk to people through that if, if it would benefit your audience. But basically, if you are feeling like you're getting these energy spikes and lulls throughout the day, you need to detox some sugar. If you're feeling like after breakfast at like 1030 a.m., 2.30 p.m., 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, you're just like, ah, I'm hungry. I'm just looking for something. And then especially at night, when you go to the fridge, like four times and your standards get lower and lower and lower each time you go in until you're finally like, I guess I'll have one grape and a slice of cheese, you know, like pretty good indication you need to detox from sugar. Because a lot of times those, those signals of like, I'm hungry, let's get some food. Your body is misinterpreting them. They're either thirst or you're just bored or the sugar in your stomach is saying, Hey, let's get a little bit more sugar to feed the beast. And it has access. Once you feed enough bacteria in your stomach, it can it can start sending literal hormone signals, hunger signals through the chemical leptin to your brain. So like a lot of people just like think, oh, I just have a sweet tooth. Well, it's just because this self-perpetuating cycle and you can get away from it. You don't, you are not your sweet tooth. You are not your sugar addiction. And those, it's a, one of the easiest things to break.
0: You know, that's great that you say that because people have a sugar addiction, probably have addiction to other things. And if you could show them how to break one addiction, a certain pattern of behavior or through a pattern of expectations and, and steps, you could probably help them in terms of getting their life in a better balanced place too.
1: Possibly. I feel like I'm, I might not be the right person to talk to about addiction. I yeah. feel like my uh, my health and fitness is kind of the, the place where that manifests for me. Gotcha. It, it's,
0: I think everybody in their own right has something in their life that they latch onto, that they're comfortable with, that they utilize how things work sometimes but uh, people have insulin resistance what do you what would you say to them if they're dealing with insulin resistance and and how should they combat it
2: yeah so
1: insulin resistance metabolic syndrome fatty liver disease those are all kind of three of this of like three different names for the same thing basically what it means is that you've got too much visceral fat the fat that surrounds your organs and like people think oh like fat like that's not good but fat is actually your body's way of protecting you. it's crazy First, you know, you get your, it's called subcutaneous fat. That's like the fat people grab on their waist. They're like, oh, I got some weight to lose. That's just under the skin fat. That's like normal. There's not a lot going on there. You don't need to stress about it. Visceral fat's the next level. That's where you start getting fat that surrounds your organs. Um, and it's like the next step. like, it's like the one thing your body's doing to protect your organs and being like, don't get this fat in here because the next step is organ fat. And organ fat, you've probably seen some of those pictures of like a fatty liver versus non fatty liver, like a fatty heart and stuff like that. And it is no joke. In fact, it's so prevalent, Jason, that they tested um, people who wanted to do liver donations, liver transplants, because you can cut off a part of your liver and use it to regrow someone else's. Okay. So think about this people were coming in and saying, hey, I'm healthy, I'm fine. You can take part of my liver. You know, so it's already a population that's self-selected and said, I'm healthy enough to live without my entire liver, right? So it's already putting you kind of in this echelon of people who at least believes that you're healthy, okay? So of the people who said, I'll donate part of my liver, 80% of them were denied because they have some sort of fatty liver disease.
0: 80%. What does that say about the state of health in our country? Yeah.
1: And those are like, those are, those are self-identifying healthy people. So it's, it's an epidemic. It's, it's, tr- it's troublesome at best. What I would say to someone like that is that you need to do a couple different things. And here's an easy metric. Here's an easy way of thinking about this. Cause like, you know, we've heard about BMI your basic, uh, your basic metal or body mass index and stuff. And people are like, oh, I hate that it's stupid. And some people are like, oh, I like it, whatever. It doesn't matter. But beyond BMI, beyond weight, and beyond even body fat measurements to a certain extent, there's one measurement that I really like for telling me about metabolic health and insulin resistance. And that is your waist-to-height ratio, or something I call your burn score. So basically, to find this out is take a tape measure, take your headphone wire, doesn't matter, wrap it around the narrowest part of your waist. So for most of us, that's like an inch, half an inch above our belly button, and measure that. Now take this. Now divide that number by your height. Okay. So waist divided by height. And if that number is below or is is 0.46 or below, you're doing a great job. You are insulin sensitive. Your body is primed to build muscle. You can have as much energy as you want. You're doing awesome. If your number is 0.47 or above, you need to start working on that right away. Okay. So I always want my clients to, so I think about fat loss in three phases. Phase one, that's the book. It's a hard reset. It's four weeks. You know, phase one generally lasts between like two and eight weeks, but it's like, it's intense. You dive in, you're changing a lot of things. You're figuring out what works for you, but it doesn't, you can't, you can't maintain it. It's not sustainable. That's okay. So the next phase, we get into a little bit more of like, rather than following the exact, here's exactly what to eat and when to eat it, we start working more on that framework. You lived your framework. So like, let's say you were eating one of my, one of the meals I have in there is a uh, sheet pan hash, like cut up a bunch of potatoes, bake them in the oven, throw some eggs on there, some sausage, cook that a little bit of cheese on top. Like that's a, that's a dinner I'll make. So like, let's say you're like, okay, see that I want to make it my own. So we go back to your uh, fruit loops and clams example. Okay, great. You're still living. You're still like using that you're in phase two. And once you get to that that like the end of phase two, it's you'll know that you're there because your waist height ratio is within that acceptable limit. You got about 0.46 or below. And then at that point, you have the ability to do whatever you want to. You can get leaner if you want to, you get super shredded. Awesome. You can gain some size if you want to, build some muscle. Excellent. Do work on some strength. Get into like like activities and and work on like making sure that you are more of an athlete. That's fantastic because now you pulled off enough weight that your your knees, your joints, your ankles and stuff like that are gonna be feeling really good. Every pound you lose, four pounds off your knees, four pounds of pressure off. So so what I would say is number one, know where you're at. Know if you have this or not, and you can go to a doctor and get a test. Those are like expensive and they take your blood and stuff like that. Or you can use my, my cheap method, which is waist height ratio. Very easy. And if you're confused about that, you can go to n 8 trainingsystemscom quiz. Well, you can fill it, fill out that, like that information. I'll send you your burn score. And then from there, start working, working on, you know, it doesn't have to be my program. It can be a lot of other people's programs. Have, like, I know you've, you've had success with fasting keto, like, but find something that works for you is sustainable. And doesn't cost you a lot of like your mental energy or cause you anguish. And then just work the program, stay consistent. Most people can accomplish this, get out of this by, you know, depending on how, like where they're at, three months to a year though.
0: I just feel like once you you start doing these changes and they're not really changes, but once you, once you enlarge your mindset and you incorporate these positive things for your body and nutrition, it makes it so much easier afterwards, right? Once you get over the hump and you're used to it, at what point after that,
1: it's like you're, you're guaranteed for success if you have continuity with it. Cool. And I think it's like, it's everything too. Like I would say that fitness and nutrition can be a cornerstone in your relationships, in your business, in your like, in your, in your, like whatever practice or whatever you, whatever you do or love doing. I think that you might be doing it really well right now, but if you improve your health and fitness, it's going to improve every aspect of your life. Absolutely, I mean,
0: it's mind, body, spirit—the way at least I look at it. Mind, body, spirit. If your body improves, your mind improves, your spirit improves, you're going to be elevated on every level. Absolutely. You have a more gestalt approach of how you look at your health and fitness and nutrition.
1: Kind yeah, of going back to what you were saying about like when you found out that you were diagnosed with stage one kidney. Yeah, kidney cancer. Kidney cancer. I find that you know people with their health—they have a lot of dreams, they have a lot of desires, a lot of things they're going after. If you don't have your health. You only have one thing you want. It's
0: true. Very true. I want to ask, like this, this episode is going, fast. how would our audience find you if they wanted to, to look you up and, and find out more about and contact you? I just want to give you an opportunity to share your information and where you know what's coming up for you and that kind
1: of thing too. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. So you can grab the Million Dollar Body Method on Amazon, it's, it's, uh, check it out, leave me a review, it'd be awesome. For if you want to like stay in touch or see more of my stuff, I, the best stuff that I put out is in my Facebook community. It's called the Million Dollar Body Community. Again, trying to keep that continuity there. And you can get there by going to n 8 trainingsystemcom slash group. We'll get you there, or just search for it on the Facebooks. I'm also uh, on you know Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Nextdoor. You know, I'll, probably all of all of them some, at some point. Find me on MySpace, hit me up. You know?
0: <laughs> All the social media. What do you think in terms of people who are very busy, You know, entrepreneurs, we've talked about them a few times during the episode today. How do you work with busy professionals and help them improve their goals for fitness and nutrition?
1: Yeah, so similar to what we were talking about earlier, like with the, the mind, body, spirit thing, um, it, it's so much of this, so much of my job is not being like, do three sets of squats. It's helping people understand and connect that the reason that they're doing those three sets of eight squats is not so they can have super dope leg muscles. I mean, it is for some of us, but it's, it's so they can be better business person. So they can have more energy at 4 PM. So they can show up for big for their families at 6 PM too. So like connecting the dots that it's not just fitness compartmentalized here, family compartmentalized here, work compartmentalized here, but it's, it affects the entire gamut. Right. So like I had like the reason for this book actually came about because Um, one of my friends reached out. He's a roofer here in Phoenix and he was just so busy. He's driving 10, 14 hours a day in his truck. He's, he's like, yeah, I got some weight to lose, but he's like, I don't have time to lose it. So he's like, can you help me though? Cause I need to focus more on my getting like my energy up. It's like, I'm drinking three or four energy drinks a day. I always feel, I always feel horrible. I need 30 minutes to relax on the couch before I can hang out with my kids. When I get home, it's terrible. He's like, oh, by the way, I need to, uh, I'm eating out five days per week. So help me figure that out. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so we put together a plan that was all like it was just like hey here's a framework here's how you need to be eating here's how you need to be thinking about food, and so he got back to me like two months later he's like man I've had more I've had more energy than I've had in a long time I'm feeling great the breakfast you gave me is fantastic and oh yeah by the way I lost 22 pounds the last two months wow like, <laughs> we might have just done something here so if we can get if we can get the connection between the two things as to why it's important that's almost more important than me being like tactically here's your next meal here's your next supplement
0: that's an interesting way of phrasing it and too, and looking at the connection between the two you can see a cause and effect basically and i see think a lot,
1: a lot of entrepreneurs get that but they can see like my energy is my equals my income i can make more money if i have more focus so helping helping like those two connections like i'm not a, i'm not like helping coach people like to grow their business but I know that if you, if you dial in your nutrition, if you drop 20 pounds, if you feel really good, if you have tons of energy, you will grow your business.
0: It's all co- correlated. I mean, personal success and professional success, I believe, coincide with one another. And if you can up your game in one, you're going to likely have uh, improvements in, in, throughout every aspect of your life, including relationships with others and positive mindsets and all those kind of things. What do you attribute for yourself in terms of like, we're, t- we're talking about the epidemic of Fatty liver and fat consumption in the body and all that. How do
1: you think we're gonna change that as a society? Well, I um, go back to kind of your question you asked a while back about like you kind know, of the future of nutrition and stuff, I see us going like two ways simultaneously. And I don't, I don't know if this is like a haves and haves not situation. I'm I'm so at this point, I'm just purely talking out of my ass. So take that, take it or leave it. But I see our food sources are getting worse, right? where our farming practices our factory farming the, the quality of the food today is, is much worse than it was 40 50 years ago so like the nutrients that we would get from one apple like like one amazing like gala apple in the store right now has about the same nutrient density as like one like a small crab apple from like from times past the vitamins the minerals the the nutrient density how nutritious food is is getting lower and lower and lower we're feeding our our animals our livestock corn and grains when they should be eating grass but we're trying to fatten them up as fast as possible because the market like the market is is dictating that that's what we need to do so on one hand we're are, like everything is getting worse on the other hand scientific advancements supplements different like health things like are getting way way better if you look at the olympics every single year we're setting new personal records we're getting faster our training is getting better our nutrition is getting more dialed in. we understand the human body better than we did even 20, 30 years ago. People want to people talk about five meals a day, six meals a day, boosting your metabolic furnace, like get out of with that. So I think that we kind of have to almost pick a side. And I think that it comes down to some people are like, I'm not a fitness person. I'm not a, I'm not a health person, you know? And that's too bad because it's like when people tell me like, oh, I'm not a good sleeper. Like, well, you were a baby and babies are all good sleepers. This is a label you're, you're choosing for yourself out of either willful ignorance or just kind of just a, a contrarian viewpoint to your, like with your own like demise on the line, you know? Negative thinking. Yeah. I think, so I think everyone needs to become a health person. You don't have to be a, you don't to be a weirdo and get all nerded out on it and write books about it like me, but you need to prioritize your health and there's, and no one is ever going to care as much as you are. Not your trainer, not your coach, not your nutritionist not some guy on the internet who wrote a book about it. Like no one's going to care as much as you do. So we have to be like, take ownership of that sort of thing and just realize that no one's coming to save us. The information is all out there. Everything that you need is out there. Nothing special. I didn't I didn't create the science around this. I just kind of packaged it up in a unique way. So like, there's nothing out there that's, that is unavailable to you or some secret you're missing. So we have to immerse ourselves in enough of, Maybe the literature, maybe studying, maybe reading, maybe like just like hone in on these things because it's so important. And unless you take the time to actually dive into it, you probably are not going to see the improvements that you want. What do you think the best
0: supplement for recovery, sleep, and performance? Because you mentioned sleep earlier. I just was thinking about that.
1: Yeah. So I like, there's a couple supplements that I really like for sleep. I think all men should be taking a zinc and magnesium more important than a multivitamin by far, making sure that you're getting vitamin D early in the day rather than late in the day, really critical. And then means a couple of things like a melatonin or CBD that can help with sleep as well. But my favorite thing to take from better sleep is a heavier carb meal in the PMs. So for your dinner, for your like your last meal of the day, keeping your carbs minimal all day long to give you the opportunity and ability to eat a bigger, heavier meal with lots of carbs at night. A lot of people say like, Oh, I don't sleep well. I eat a heavy meal. Most of the time, like the, like that kind of comes from combining carbohydrates and fats into that meal, which is why I really recommend carbohydrate, protein, and a vegetable for your dinner meal. So that way you don't have to count calories. You don't have to measure your rice you can eat till you're satisfied. You can break bread with friends and family. You can really enjoy the time you do spend, but you utilize those carbohydrates tactically. Again, inputs versus outputs. The input is the carbohydrates. The output is you're going to get a little more tired. You shift that parasympathetic nervous system dominance, you know? So you're putting yourself in a position to sleep. And while you're sleeping, your body's going to be sending those carbohydrates to your muscles to help repair and rebuild. It's,
0: it's literally taking the building blocks of nutrition and utilizing it for your maximum opportunity to benefit it i like that i'm gonna look into yeah. do that too
1: but yeah like why not take what we know about nutrition and like mess with it or like sneak it around? but like almost like we have the cheat codes right in front of us why don't we just use them you know
0: so that's like when you do marathon training and after you run a big race you you load up on carbs like for recovery like if you have your pastas and your baked zees or like my favorite f- foods usually because i grew up in new jersey so but that's like that's for per- performance recovery and feeding yeah. the muscles so, so i didn't even think of it that way that's a great way of looking at it and you can do that in terms of loading up your carbs to later in the day eating them later in the day and then your body will take on those carbs and make you tired
1: totally and then also what you're doing there is you're letting your body actually take the glycogen so let's say you eat a great you eat some baked seeds tonight jason <laughs> and then so your body will fill up your, your glycogen stores okay so glycogen start like your body can hold about 100 grams of glycogen in your liver it can hold about 10 grams or 11 grams of, of glycogen per pound of muscle. So number one, gaining 10 pounds of muscle means you get to eat hundred extra grams of carbs per day. In case that math did, didn't quite reach, like you gain 10 pounds of muscle, you get to eat 400 extra calories every single day of the rest of your life. So like, if you like food, I would highly recommend getting stronger. <laughs> yeah. Number two, during the day, as you go through your stuff, as you're talking to people, as you're gesticulating wildly, you're going for walks, you're doing your thing, that glycogen is getting burned off slowly. So at the end of the day, you're going to, again, prime your glycogen and refuel it, refill it with that kind of that last in first out model that I talked about earlier in terms of in terms of like going to the grocery store by eating a bigger dinner. So we are not necessarily eating a big carbohydrate laden breakfast that puts that, that puts the first in first out. So then your body's not pulling from like the banana you ate, the oatmeal you ate in the morning. It's pulling from stored fats the, that you're burning and using all day.
0: What do you find for yourself has been the greatest challenge when you work with people from the public or new, new people that come to you when they seem resistant to what you're trying to show them? How do you overcome that resistance within somebody to help them achieve what they need?
1: That's a good question. And it really depends on what kind of resistance I'm getting. Cause some people are like, I just don't like exercise, and I have a hard time with that one for sure. I don't really know. I don't even know the answer to that because I'm like, I don't. You don't like moving your glorious body? What? <laughs> how dare you? So don't you know how many people wish they had legs like you right now? Like, get out and walk. Give me a break. So sometimes I'm a bad coach in that way. So sorry about that. But then sometimes people are just like, I don't get it. Like, why do I got it? Why do I have to eat like this? Do I have to eat like this forever? That's why someone one of my clients asked me that recently. When do I get to go back to eating normal food? And I was like, uh, <laughs> and I go, you know what? Like you can eat whatever you want to. Like, it doesn't matter what you eat. What, what is important is what you want. So I go, what do you want? And she goes, well, I want this, that, I want to lose five pounds. I'm like, no, know, like beyond that, I'm like, she's like, I want to look good in this dress. When I go out for my, my husband and I's 10 year wedding anniversary. I'm like, awesome. She's like, I want to be around for my kids' graduation. I'm like, awesome. Perfect. She's like, I want to, see, I want to have grandkids. Yes. She's like, I want to be able to travel and do things. I want to be able. I'm like, yes, awesome. Perfect. Now, now I try to go, okay, now to be around for your kid's graduation, to fit into that dress, to have the ability to to climb ladders and stairs and do all sorts of crazy stuff on vacation, never be like uh, limited by yourself. All these things point back to you eating in a way that sustains a healthy, energetic body. It's not about normal versus abnormal. It's not about clean versus dirty. It's about thinking before you make a choice, before you put some food in your mouth, before you go to lift, do whatever else, what do I want out of this? What's my goal? How do I want to feel when I finish? Because so many of us don't ask that question. We ask the question, what do I want in my mouth right now? What do I want to taste? And that answer is always Cinnabons, always cool for me, at least. So if I don't ask that question, what do I want to feel like after this? Then I make bad choices.
0: That would be kind of like emotional eating too, right? When people emotionally eat. I remember from 9 11, I had three sandwiches. I was here in Tampa and I had family members up in New Jersey and New York. So I didn't know what the stats, but I I had that emotional eating thing. I had to eat. Like when I've had big things happen in my life, I usually go and have a big meal. It's like I I indulge. And I guess from my benefit, I recognize that that that's something that I have in my life. You know, if something big happens, I celebrate with food. If something negative happens, I indulge in food to kind of, but then I go back into the intermittent fasting and exercise. And that's where I balance it all out.
1: I think that like having that kind of those insurance policies in place, like either intermittent fasting or 24 hour fasting, or, you know, just like other tools that, that exist out there. Because I think that everyone slips up, everyone eats off plan. Everyone has a big burger and fries or has a couple drinks here and there. If you're the kind of person who's like, I have to be all or nothing. I'm all, either all in or all out. And you're like, well, yeah, you've already lost that. <laughs> you're already lost. You've already convinced yourself that you can't do it because you're not, you didn't, you didn't nail that. You had, you had too many white claws. Like, you, so you, so you tell yourself that you like, you can't do it. The better thing, the people that people that make long-term progress are the people who are like, yeah, I, I, you know, had 14 Subway sandwiches this last weekend and it was not a great idea. Like, But I have the tools to get right back on. I'm right back to my daily investments. I'm hitting my protein shake in the morning. I'm fasting on Tuesday. I'm only on carbs at night. I'm like, great. I don't care what you do this weekend then, as long as you're back on it and you didn't need to be perfect in order to, to see progress.
0: You know, a good point you just raised and I got from what you're saying is having flexibility and not being so rigid. That if you fall off the wagon and indulge, if you go to a wedding and you decide to have, you know, extra cake, or if you just happen to have a night where you just want to crave, ice cream sundays, or milkshakes or whatever, bonbons or any, whatever it is, you just be more forgiving with yourself, but get back into the routine you need to do to adopt those healthy, healthy habits.
1: Yeah, you don't need to talk about how many burpees you need to do to burn off an ice cream sandwich just know that to- <laughs> tomorrow. It's back to normal. It's back to the protein shake in the morning. I'm going to tell you a secret, Jason. I I've had dessert the last like six nights in a row. It's probably not the best, but I got my fast day coming up tomorrow. I know I'll be fine. I'm not stressing about it. And I like ice cream sandwiches. Trader Joe's makes some really good ones. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: You know what? You have to splurge a little bit too, especially with the times we've been going through. I feel like it's positive. It's important. And it's something that you can nurture yourself, you know, as part of nutrition and fitness is being able to nurture your inner child. And so if you crave an ice cream sandwich from, you know, Trader Joe's, or if I happen to want an ice cream no milkshake, you know, chocolate milkshake from McDonald's. It's what well, it is what it is. But the next day I'm back into the routine I need to be in and you're back where you need to
1: go. Yeah. And I, for that, what I really like to do is i like to practice delayed gratification in terms of being like, you know what I really want? Ice cream sandwich. I'm not going to have it now. I'm having it tonight. I'm having it on Saturday. And if you can do that, how much it's like you get to enjoy it two times. Cause then you're, you're craving it. You're excited about it. And you'd be like, Ooh, I'm going to have that later today. It's like, <laughs> you're just like. You get to enjoy that treat, that special treat two times. And it also pro- promotes this, like, I don't need to have something in the moment. I'm not, I'm not a victim of my, like, I'm not beholden to my own brain where it says grab it and I have to grab it, you know, like, <laughs> and that's, that's an important victory as well. It's just being able to be, say like, not until later. And that's okay.
0: I love that. I love that. What do you find is the most rewarding aspect of what you do right now, working with people?
1: What do you enjoy the most about it? I mean, <laughs> I think. I think all coaches would say this, but like when I get someone who sends me a before and after picture or my, here's my favorite thing. Here's what I, here's what I love hearing from people is they go, I'll go, how's your diet going? And they're like, eh, I don't really think of it as a diet. This is just how I eat now. It's normal for me. I'm like, yeah, so, <laughs> so great, right? Paradise. Yeah. But I love getting like, I've gotten some incredible before and afters over the last couple of months. And I just, I can't ever get enough of them. I'm always like, oh, did you see this? Did you see this person? They're just looking at this moment like I'm proud I'm like a proud uncle. A picture is, is a powerful
0: endorsement of results and effectiveness of what you're doing. So I could see where that would be of value and uh, something that you would definitely gain appreciation from. And I'm happy you came on the show today to share this. I haven't had any nutrition fitness experts come on in a while. And it's fun to have someone like you come on and share insight on things that I'm sure most people of our, of our audience, they're probably wondering and thinking about, but they don't really focus on it because it's not in front of them. And so by us having the dialogue and our discussion, it it makes them think about it for an hour. And that's what I think anybody who can look into the million dollar body method is going to gain from our conversation and looking into hiring you potentially even as a coach. One of the things I learned about this from doing my show, the power of coaching, it's it's such a a resource of self-investment that's worth it. If you want to invest in yourself, hire a coach, hire somebody who can help you, guide you, give you that extra oomph to get you where you need to go. So I appreciate you dedicating yourself to being a coach and helping to work with so many people and helping to improve their health, fitness, nutrition, and mindset.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's super rewarding. I love I love like working with people. But I hundred percent agree. Like I'm a slow learner, but man, having the right coach in my corner at the right time just elevates that process so much for me. Someone who's like i always looking for someone who's like high integrity walks the talk that's really that's huge i gotta have that and then also um to like tenure success like history success you can find those that person i think they're rare but like but man how much time can it save you to have someone who's actually walked walked in your shoes beforehand being like no avoid this here's the here's what you're going to think during this time here's the trap that a lot of people fall into stay on this path why not you know
0: absolutely absolutely i want to thank you for coming on today I, i i really appreciate everything you uh shared with us today about this important topic. Thanks Jason, I
1: really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun chatting with
0: you. I want to thank Nate Palmer for coming on the show today and sharing his expertise as a fitness and nutrition expert. It's really important when we look at our bodies and our mindset and our nutrition and how we take care of ourselves to nurture not only just the spirit, but the physical body. The body is what makes up our ability to move around on this planet and to engage with others and to live as long as possible. If you can take your body and move it to the next level in terms of nutrition and fitness, you're doing yourself and everyone else around you that you love and cherish a favor. Check out the Million Dollar Body Method. Check out Nate's information that will be contained in the show notes. I highly recommend it. And I'm so grateful that Nate came on to share all his insight with us today. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible.
2: thank you you for listening to this episode of the social psychic radio show don't forget to join us for another episode next time if you enjoyed the show we'd love for you to subscribe rate and give us a review on itunes you can also check us out on facebook and don't forget to visit the social psychic youtube channel until next time it's a big world out there keep an open mind Embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy
0: to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers. Fresh for everyone.
2: And live in a life by your own design.
0: Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success.
2: This is Unapologetically Fab,
0: an Electric Cast production.
2: We'll see you there. Electric Cast.
1: Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices.